You're listening to the podcast of River of Life Christian Fellowship in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. Father God, you are Jehovah Shalom. You are our peace. We will not find peace in circumstances. We will find peace in you. Father, right now we choose to rest. There's a place called rest that you created for people to inhabit. The children of Israel did not inhabit that place called rest. And your apostle Paul told us about it. That there's a place called rest. A place that we can go and just trust and be confident in what you are doing in us. Father, I thank you that you've set us free from man's religion. You've set us free. You've brought us into a place of peace and rest. Where our confidence is totally based on you and what you've done. Not on what we do and what we don't do. That our confidence that upholds us, our confidence that guards our heart the confidence that will rule our heart thank you Father that we can be confident in what you're doing we magnify what you're doing what you said you would do what you've done and what you've yet to determine We take charge of our thoughts. We take them captive. We bring our thoughts in line with your word. We bring our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Holy Spirit, you're the great teacher. I simply ask that you do what you do best. Teach us. Take what we know. Take our intellect. Shake it. Rattle it. Disturb it. Radically affect it. To the point it gets into our heart. And it becomes food for relationship. Holy Spirit, we give it to you. We surrender. We surrender our false sense of security. 
we surrender our false sense of value that the world tries to give us. And we exchange it for the value that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. The scripture says that God loves us. The word love is, is agape. Is everybody familiar with that word agape love? There's three, actually four, but there's three words in the Greek that describe, uh, are defined as in uh, the word love can be described in three different words. Uh, God kind of love is agape love. It's uh, God can only love one way, and that's agape. Uh, the word agape love, uh, you cannot even apply it. It, 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 it. The very word itself is value. Hold highest in high esteem. God values and holds us in high esteem. Whenever you hear, and, it's, and I know we're going to go back in the past, and we need to go back in the past, but when you, God's word will always leave you in a place of more value and higher esteem. When you hear God's voice, you will be more valuable and be lifted up on the inside. You will feel better about who God says you are. You will not be beat down, distraught. You, your negatives will not be brought up in the eyes of God. Most of us, all we've heard in our Christian life are our faults and failures and why we're not worthy. That is not the voice of God. That is not the love of God. That is a person that has a low self-esteem and they want you to feel lower than them so they can feel better. God speaks to us. He uplifts us, edifies, and exhorts us. Even when He corrects us, He corrects us because we're valuable and you're left with a sense of value and dignity. God never does anything. You see, a lot of times what happens is we hear God's voice of love and then we add to it what we've established in our thoughts. We hear how God loves us, but then we have that word. It's a three-letter word that we should never come out of our mouth. You know, there's some four-letter words. There's some, there's some, can you go turn that down a little bit? About half of that. There, there's some other words that we should never say, but there's one, there's one word, three letters, that we should never say, but. You just said it. We should never say that word. You know, I know God loves me, but. I know he sees me valuable, but. <laughs> See, when you add that to what you know the word to say, you're adding your predetermined opinion. Everybody has an opinion. You're not supposed to. We're going to talk about today forming opinions. But if you already have one, you can't form one. If you already have an opinion 
about a situation, you've just eliminated any of God speaking to you about that. Because you're going to make a, once you have an opinion, you're going to make a judgment. All judgments come from a point of a, making an opinion. Last week we talked about imagination. We're going to talk about it some more because uh, we, uh, and uh, just not imagination, but, but meditation. We're going to talk about it again because it, it happened too fast. There's too much to talk about. Um, but again, in heart physics, let me start with the notes here. Heart physics, we need to understand that, not in this class, but in the last class we had done this, someone came up and said, why are you always bringing up physics and the natural because it sounded like they were so used to hearing things in the spiritual like all this high and lofty teaching about how spiritual this is and how spiritual this is and all and, and when it got down to physics it's so natural it's really easy to understand things when you apply it. you need to realize that Jesus himself was the first messenger was the first one to apply physics to the teaching of God's principles. See, the Pharisees were Pharisees. They went to school to learn all about the, the Old Testament and all the Pentateuch and all the books of the Old Testament and all the prophets, and you had to be educated. Uh-oh, does that sound familiar? You have to have cemetery experience to, and knowledge before you can teach the Word because it was so high and lofty. And, and the Scripture in the Old Testament says, you know, uh, it says, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And we use those kind of scriptures to give us, like, oh, God is all out here. See, in the Old Covenant, that's the way God was. In the Old Covenant, that's how God spoke to His people from the outside. And He needed priests to interpret His ways. And they only interpreted from the outside. You know, God showed Him His ways, but they could never get it into their heart. They were always looking at the high and lofty and spiritual and deep things of God. Did I say that good enough? That God. Jesus comes on on the scene and what's he do? He says, the spirit is the seed. And when the seed gets planted in the heart, which is the ground, if it's good ground, it'll produce fruit. If it's rough ground, it won't. <laughs> that's God's ways Jesus was the war first one to take the very elementary principles of nature and use it to teach God's principles that's why in the book of Romans which we've read before we're not going to take that it says all the attributes <laughs> of God are put in nature so we could, so all people could see God's attributes and people are without an excuse because God put himself in nature. Matter of fact, in the book of John, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Jesus is the, the Word, and he was in the beginning. Matter of fact, the way they made the world was how God was going to communicate his attributes, his ways of working in this world. He put them in nature and said, here, I'm going to make it this way so people can understand me better. If they understand these principles, they'll be able to understand me. Wow. 
See, so don't ever think that what we're, when we're talking about nature and the laws of physics, listen, God put those laws there so we could understand Him. And so many, see, if you want to go back and, see, I can teach deep, I can teach theologically and say all them big words and, and I've been to a cemetery and all this kind of stuff and, and we, 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 can, we, can, we, can, we can wazzle and dazzle you. But you know what? It just creates intellect. Now, I was going to save this for the last, but I'm going to read this because it's too good. I don't want to misquote it. I am. It's at the very end of the notes. Just out of order. Listen to this. This is powerful. Write this down. Hearing God's voice in your intellect informs you. Hearing God's voice in your intellect informs you. If you walk out of here informed, you've heard God in your intellect, in your mind. Hearing God's voice in your heart empowers you. So hearing God's voice in your intellect informs you. Hearing God's voice in your heart empowers you. My goal is not to inform you. Remember what the first thing we said when the first two classes we had was the purpose and goal of this class was not to give you information for your intellectual assent. I don't want you to have intellectual assent. We want to be transformation. We want to be transformed. We want you to be empowered with God's Word. Man. See, for so long, one, the, the law of physics that we're going to talk about today, I don't know which number it is, but uh, the law of physics says this, that, that any body, let me, let, me, let me say it the way I've written it down here, the law of physics the course of a body has to be acted upon by an outside source to create change. That means the course, the direction. Now, there's, remember there was another law of physics that said anything left by itself will tend to decay. In other words, it's the process of decay. You just leave something alone, it's going to decay. That, that is a process of, of the structure. We're talking about the course of something. In other words, if I take a ball and throw it that way, if there wasn't an outside force called gravity, it would continue to go exactly the same direction as when it left my hand unless something came in contact with it, like a car uh, bouncing or it hits something. If it's just left up to itself, it will continue to go the same direction it's always gone unless it is affected by an outside source. So our heart, unless it's affected by an outside source, will continue to go the way that the outside sources have already affected it. My father was what is known as a dry alcoholic. Never saw, has anybody heard that term before? A dry alcoholic. I never saw him drink. He didn't drink. He wasn't sneaking it around the back. He quit his drinking, but didn't stop the effects of addiction. See, addiction 
has an effect on people. It creates a course. Uh, it, it starts a cycle in you. And if you don't stop the he just quit drinking and replaced it with something else. Because everybody was after the, oh, you got to quit your drinking. Well, he did, but he didn't quit the addiction. He just replaced that addiction with, he still was addicted. And that process of addiction continued to work in him just as if he was still drinking. The life he lived, the way course he lived, now didn't have the liver problems and things like that, but his psyche, his, the, the, his mindset, the way he was, he began to withdraw. And begin, the older he got, the more selfish he got. You know, alcoholics get real selfish. Pretty soon it gets to the point where they'd rather have their relationship with the alcohol than with anybody else in their world. And it gets worse from there. And then it goes on and on and on and on. And see, it's a process. It's a cycle. Unless something comes in, an outside source, that course will continue to go that direction. Okay? So, the same thing applies. Don't think because maybe you're not an alcoholic, you're not addicted or whatever. Your heart has been affected by people's words in the past. You've accepted people's opinions. You've accepted... See, most of all of our lives have been formed by what we think other people think about us. It's really not what we think about ourselves. It's what we think they think. Okay, I've got a Tommy Bahama shirt up here on the table. The reason I get excited about Tommy Bahama shirts is because when I play golf, if I wear a Tommy Bahama shirt, I know that they think that I'm a good golfer. It communicates. See? But see, I'm working on what they think. So I'm thinking, I know what they think. I don't even know what's in my head. How can I project what's in someone else's head? Who do we think we are to be so wise that we can project, well, they did that because... Have you ever, have you ever answered... So Joy, don't raise your hand. <laughs> Well, they didn't really mean it. How do you know they really didn't mean it? They could have meant it. <laughs> you know, you don't know what they, they... They, listen, they did what they did because of what they thought someone else was thinking. So when you say you know what was in their mind, that means you knew what was in their... That's somebody else's mind that you've never met. How far are you going to carry this on? That person did what they did because of what they thought someone else... Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you see the trap in this? We don't... I, I wish I was a mind reader. Just what's in mine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to know what... We need to be responsible. We need to be... Listen, what we need to affect us in our life is this right here. God's Word. In the beginning. I think it is so powerful for us to understand the very thing. When you... One of these days you'll see it. I know it's just information right now, but hopefully one day the light will come on and you'll go, wow, Jesus used what was natural to communicate God. In all history, it wasn't done before. The disciples even said, why do you speak in parables? That's not normal. <laughs> That's not very religious. It was the most natural, normal way for God to communicate His nature. 
See, in the old covenant, they didn't do that. The new covenant, they did. Come on, that's that's some, I don't know, that's revelation right there. Now, what? Well, Oh, evil to decay. Put, put, put a big U. <laughs> say, say that nice and loud so everybody can hear you, Frank. See, it's a law of physics. It's an outside source. See, outside sources are affecting you, okay? No man is an island to himself. You are being affected, and you are affecting other people. Oh, we, should we even? We don't have time to go there. We don't have time to go there about how you're affecting other people. No, we got. I got. I've already been chastised twice today about not going by my notes. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick to my notes, or I'm gonna get a cookie one. No, it's. I've had a half of one. I hadn't had time to eat the rest of it. <laughs> okay, back to the notes for everybody's. Everybody's good, I guess. Um, oh, this is. <sighs> oh, yeah. All evening eating. Turn with me to Isaiah 58. Uh, excuse me, Isaiah. Sure, Will. I've got it written down in my notes. <laughs> See the benefit of notes? Uh, the, course of a body. The, uh, the course of a body has to be at, at, uh, acted upon. I can't read my writing. The course of a body has to be acted upon by an outside source or it will continue to go its own way. A course of the body, a course or the course of a body, and that's any kind of thing has to be acted upon by an outside source or it will continue to go. In other words, your heart will continue to go. If you're getting meaner, if, you, if God has something doesn't happen in your life, when you get older, you're going to be just pure deed, ugly. <laughs> The course of a body has to be acted upon by an outside source for it to change. Well, you, either one of them would have been good. Now, here's some scripture for that. You know, you realize that in the Old Testament, and I didn't put up the board, maybe I should have, but in the Old Testament, God was on the outside. Does everybody understand that? God was with them. You know, that's where the scripture says God will inhabit the praises of his people. Now remember the first couple times we taught on and had the eternity line on the board, we divided the, the covenant, the old covenant from the new covenant, and that the things in the old covenant did not apply in the old covenant. Now, you'll get some Bible teachers that tell you that they, it does, and you've got to mix them all up, shake them up. Listen, listen. God inhabited the praises of His people in the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, God inhabits His people. He was on the outside over here, and He's on the inside over here. 
We are, since the day of Pentecost, we are the first group of people in history that had God Almighty on the inside. And now he's on the inside looking out, wishing he could come on out, but we won't let him. <laughs> you understand? Over here, God did everything on the outside, was not on the inside. Over here, God's on the inside. We have his power and his ability, his opinion, his glory, his view, his reality. All, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. This is the temple of the Most High, God. What's the temple? The church? No, this. I mean, that is huge. Think about all what the people did in the Old Testament with God on the outside. What should we be doing with God on the inside? That's why the scripture says, when you speak, speak as the oracles of God. You speak this word. Don't speak this word from the intellect. I guarantee you, there's two things I guarantee you, that nothing in this word works without it going through your heart. Second, the second thing is, that's how God wants it to work. In the Old Testament, it always worked on the outside and never affected their inside. God wants to affect your inside. This works when it comes from your heart. Christians have tried to get it to work in their head. How do you know it's in your head and not in your heart? I'll read it again. Hearing God's voice in your intellect. I get real small writing at the end. Informs you. I had to get my glasses on to see that. Oh, that's, oh, informs you. <laughs> see, as you start writing, the letters get smaller because it's squeezed on one line. <laughs> Hearing God's voice in your heart empowers you. You know you have heard God when you feel stronger, more confident, more valuable, walk with more dignity. If you hear a message, if you hear a message, and sometimes it's not the person saying it, it's the person hearing it. If you hear a message and you think you can go out and walk and sin, you have not been empowered by God. You didn't hear the voice of God. You heard something, you heard information, and your brain flipped it around for selfish gain and carnal pleasures. You screwed up the word. When God's voice speaks, you are valued. You have more value, more dignity, and you, you experience more of the agape love of God. That's the only way God speaks. It's unconditional. He doesn't say, well, if you'd only go to church, I'd love you more. The pastor would appreciate it, but, <laughs> but God loves you the same. Okay? Let's go on. Look here. It says in uh, Isaiah 55.8. Isaiah 55.8. We're going to read a lot of scriptures. Uh, if, if you can't most likely I won't even be able to keep up so uh, just just listen to them if you if you can't get to them that's great uh, we'll go on Isaiah 55 8 see you're probably already there and I'm still fumbling through my things Isaiah 55 8 says this it says for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor your ways my ways says the Lord 
See, so, so there are a lot of these kind of scriptures give us the idea that God can't be understood. That God, see, because God was on the outside, we couldn't understand his ways. God came on the scene, brought Jesus who was there in the beginning, began to use physics, nature, things that are natural in his teaching to communicate the very heart of God. Not only that, but if you look over in Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1 says this. This is too cool. Now we just, you know, there's a lot of scripture says, you know, how about you not seeing God's face? You know, the, no one has ever seen God's face. Moses uh, had to hide, I mean, he couldn't, see, he had to see God's backside. He couldn't see God's face because of the glory, right? Look at Colossians 1.15. As soon as I get there. Colossians 1.15 says this. He, he meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now, wait a minute. Jesus is the image of the invisible. Everything that God wanted us to know about that was in the realm of the invisible in the Old Covenant he made visible by bringing his son Jesus here. It's called the kingdom. See, the kingdom of heaven was invisible. Was it not? Our Father who art in heaven, how be thy, thy invisible kingdom that is in heaven. Come to earth and be on earth as is in heaven. And so he sent Jesus. Jesus was the image of what was invisible on this earth. Everywhere Jesus was, he was manifesting the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Everywhere Jesus went, he went talking in the realm of nature. He used nature. He used the fig trees. He used the things around him to communicate the loaves, the fishes. Everything he did, he did in the realm of nature to communicate the very attributes of God and there's not one class in seminary that teaches about getting back to nature and finding God. Because they're too deep. They're going on with Christianity 4. You've got to have 1, 2, and 3 before you get to 4. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm a little... I didn't mean to get off on all that. Sort of, kind of. All right. Jesus was in the beginning. God's word is good. You know, the word word, has everybody heard the teaching on Logos and Rhema? About the word of God? Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word is good. And Jesus is the word. Uh, one a very shallow understanding of those words is Jesus. The Rhema word is the one that's spoken to your heart when you read a scripture and go, oh, oh, when you're empowered by it, when you hear it. Uh, Logos is usually as the the written word. Well, just to let you know my perspective on the written word, the written word is not the King James. The written word is not the King James. The written word is not the NIV. The written word is not the New King James. Everybody says, well, what version do you read? 
checking me out. I said, I read out of the New King James. It's easy for me being dyslexic to, to read that and all this other stuff. You know what I'm saying? It, but there's some people that just says, just the King James. Just the King. See, Logos is not, we've have been taught the written word, but it, see, the scripture says, in the beginning was the word. word. Well, there's no written word back then. The word Logos is the word we get, that's the, that's the root word we get logic from. This is the wisdom and the logic of God put into words. You can use any kind of words as long as it is the logic and wisdom of, it works. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? These words mean nothing if it wasn't for the logic and wisdom. They'd just be words. Take the logic, wisdom, and heart out of this. It may just be words on paper. So it's not the King James Version. It's not the English. It's not the Greek. It's not the Hebrew. Some people study. And I understand why they study all those things. That's great. Go for it. You'll learn a whole lot. But it's not the Greek Hebrew. It's not the Aramaic. It's not the, it's the logic and the wisdom that comes from it's what's communicated. That's what the Logos is. It's the logic of God, the wisdom of God in writing. And it becomes rhema when it speaks to you. Okay? So don't get bent out of shape on what version and this and that. Well, oh, God don't want to say the King James, you know. That's all they had. That's why they said that. If they would have had some of we, they, never mind, we won't go there. So anyway, so when we talk about the word, we're talking about the wisdom and the logic and how that applies is this is that remember in your heart in the course of your heart in the direction your heart's going you have to let something there's something's going to affect it or it will continue to go the way it's going your heart will be affected by the surroundings around the situations around you uh, anytime you go through an emotional situation like with Mandy the situation with the doctors and you know, anytime tensions are high and you're on edge uh, whatever your circumstances around that's affecting your heart, okay? Whether it turns out positive or negative, whatever the situation usually affects, those are not supposed to be affecting our heart. That's what is affecting our heart, but that's just what the world pours out to us. What's supposed to be affecting our heart is the word, the logic, the wisdom of God. This is what affects our heart. It is the counsel of God, the, the, the oracles, the, not the intellect. Remember, intellect... Remember, when you hear something in your intellect, it just gives you information. When you hear God's word in your heart, it gives you empowerment. When you feel empowered, if you walk out of here tonight feeling more empowered, more valued, more loved, the word hits your heart somewhere. If you go home and go, man, that was just some good, that was some good information. I know something I didn't know before. If you say that, eh, just put it on the shelf. I'm going to pray that the seed gets in there and start, you know, starts happening, germinating or something. But I want you to be empowered, okay? Let me put my glasses on again, dang it. I should only use one. I know it. They're getting in the way. Hush <laughs> up. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, turn with me to Revelation. This I'm, I'm, we're going to watch Revelation, not Revelations. 
I want you, I want to sit back and watch the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 3. When I saw this, I just got, I got so mad and so happy at the same time. Now that's just me though. So we'll see what happens to you guys. See if you get, uh, maybe you won't get any revelation at all. Maybe just be intellect. I don't know. Who, in Revelation, actually the book of Revelation, is, that's not the title of the book. If you look, it says the, the revelation of Jesus Christ. This book's purpose was to reveal Jesus Christ, not to determine end times reality. If you use something outside of its purpose, you've perverted its purpose. This book of Revelation is supposed to expose Jesus Christ to you. There's a lot of other information in there. <laughs> now, we're going to read, we're not going to read all of them, but right here in the first couple chapters, there's some messages. How many churches are mentioned here? Does anybody know? Seven. Look at, look at chapter two. Right there, my little subnote says to the seven churches, chapter one, verse 20 says to the seven churches. There's seven churches starting here in... Um, a verse a chapter 2 and it goes on everybody say seven churches, seven churches. Does, does it mention heathens <laughs> no it mentions churches who's in churches everybody say believers. believers lost people is this talking to lost people or Christians, Christians. believers they believe in God some aspect they, somehow they've made it into the realm of church they're part of the body of Christ right any disagreement with that? Nope. Nobody disagreeing in a theological anything? Dang it. Yeah, the seven churches. Well, they're the churches. The seven churches, not talking about church and churchdom. <laughs> All right. Verse 20, chapter 3. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and dine with him and him with me. How come we use this verse to talk about getting people saved? Oh, no. Has anybody ever heard this verse about getting people saved? Jesus is standing at your door and knocking. Let him come in. Ask Jesus to come into your life. Give your life to Jesus and you will be saved. He's knocking at your door. Let, oh, and I, you can go on and on and on. You've always heard this for salvation. It is talking to Christians in the church. <clears throat> Am I crazy or what? Yeah, but I mean, other than that. This verse is written to one of the churches and the people in the church. And it's saying, listen, there's people in our church at the river and every church in town. And Jesus is knocking on the door of their heart and not their head. He doesn't want to get in your head. He wants to get in your heart. He was doing this to the children of Israel. Let me... In. But he was only on the outside. 
He couldn't affect their heart, and so they always had an evil heart of unbelief. Jesus is saying, I stand at the door and knock. I want to come all the way in. Open up your heart. Let me affect what I really came to affect. Let me empower you to make changes for the glory. Let me impress you. You know, if, I, if, if, you, were to, if you were to push on me, if I wanted to walk a long distance and you were just to lean on me, just gradual, not real hard, just lean. Man, I'd be pretty soon that little lean's going to affect me. Let God in your heart. Well, I thought he was. If you don't feel uplifted, edified, exhorted, more holy, more honorable, more valued, he's not affecting you. The, the, the lukewarm church has just got God in their head. <laughs> I got so free and so mad. You know what I'm All at the same time, it's like all my life I've told you that's for the sinners. change the way you think open your heart we used to sing this song we, we did this at the at class we, now this is going to date me but i can look around and see that there may be one i'm looking at crystal one two maybe three people in here that this song is too old for you ready for this this is our theme song for about a month in our class Someone's knocking at the door. Someone's ringing a bell. Do me a favor. <laughs> Open the door. Let him in. <laughs> See how you can take things of the world and bring God into it? This is so simple. Someone's knocking at the door. See, we always seen Jesus out there knocking on the poor lost soul's heart. No. He's knocking on the door of the people in the church's heart. Let him in. Man, that'd preach. I should be a preacher. Oh. 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 The bride. These are all part of the bride. Matter of fact, we saw a statue. There's a statue that the guy did of this bride. You know, it's called the rapture. She's like this, you know, and she's looking up, and she's got this gown on, and these seven churches are faced in her gown behind her. They got seven faces of these different churches made up of the, you know, it's made up of the bride. And, you know, God's not looking for a lukewarm woman, a lukewarm bride. Matter of fact, I wasn't even going to talk about this because it, uh, we talked about the word agape, how it is, uh, you know, it, it, its value, it's, it's, you know, it's unconditional. 
well there's two other words there's actually three but one's phileo phileo is where we get the the word uh, city of brotherly love from Philadelphia known as the city of brotherly love that's where that word came from Philadelphia is from the Greek word phileo there's another one called eros which uh, we've used in America and the world as erotic that's where you get that erotic love or lust or whatever from but really it really has nothing to do with erotic love or erotic lust that's a misconception because of our Western mentalities uh, the very idea of eros or that's that TV's in the back making that noise Someone's getting happy out there in the foyer. I tell you right now, they're good. They're good. That's happening out there. But the uh, uh, the whole aspect of the word eros is a total abandonment, a total abandonment of oneself. That's why it's used in the sexual connotations a lot of times because that's what happens in in, in those type of things. You get totally abandoned. You're, you're totally abandoning yourself to someone else. But really, God is love. He is all three of these kinds of love. But it's not like we think in Western mentality. It's, what, it's a total abandonment. He has totally abandoned himself to us, and we need to totally abandon ourselves to him. A total surrender, giving up of, of oneself. Here, take me. You know, wow. Whole different meaning of the word, isn't it? different understanding okay does anybody see does anybody seen that before revelations chapter 3 verse 20 i'm read it again behold i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come into him and dine with him that's fellowship that's fellowship communion For salvation. Guess what? Where's it come? Keep it in context. Where's it coming? Who, who is Jesus speaking? It's in red, isn't it? Jesus is speaking it to his church, his bride. <laughs> in other words, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Read 15. Let me go back to Genesis. No, okay. <laughs> I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish, uh, I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Just thought I'd share that verse with you. Turn with me to uh, Joshua 1.8. Did, did, did that bless anybody, that one verse? I know I had to bless somebody. And what are we talking about? This class, all this class is about is you letting God into your heart. You opening the door to your heart. How do we do that? The only way to, to, re, the only way to reprogram your heart on purpose is via meditation. You meditating on the word. We read all those. Who was here? Who wasn't here last week? Oh my goodness! We read so many scriptures on meditation. I like the one that said, "When you lay your head down on the pillow, meditate in the night and be still." That's Psalms. Come on. 
That's a good one. Especially right before we go to bed. Uh, turn with, who's got Joshua? Joshua 1 8. Joy, read it. Wow. Listen to that. Listen, now, you, you probably just heard that, and you've heard that verse before. But let's see if you heard that verse. What was the power? It says, listen here. It says, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. It's not saying don't speak the word. It's not saying don't speak the word. What is it saying? It says, it says this, meditate in it day and night. And see, as you meditate in the Word, you will have the power to observe and do according to. And when you do according to the Word and the will of God, you're going to speak the Word of God then. Don't speak it until you've meditated on it. Don't be blabbing it until you meditate on it. Meditate, see, meditating on the word of, let me just read it again. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe. Meditation gives you the power to observe the word. To observe the word, yes, into performing it, but also to, to observe the word. Meditation, using your imagination, thinking, just like we talked about last week. Seeing you lay your hand on the sick and seeing them coming out of the bed healed. Using your imagination, seeing the word, seeing yourself standing in the midst of negative circumstances with the peace of God in your heart, being confident. Have you ever known or seen anybody that was just confident no matter what was going on around them? They just seem to carry an, an attitude or atmosphere of, ain't no biggie. See, that's a power that you can't fake. See, you can talk about, oh, I'm this and I, but see, there's, there's something about just being quiet. There's a confidence. You know, Jesus fell asleep. He was so quiet in the midst of the storm. He wasn't rebuking the storm. Most Christians are out there throwing the word out there. They hadn't meditated on nothing. Some storms you're not supposed to rebuke. They're rebuking everything. Jesus, listen, there's some storms Jesus spoke to. There's some storms Jesus walked through. And there's some storms that Paul just got a two by four and floated through. He just hung on. But he knew he was going to the other side. That'll preach right. That is a sermon, by the way. Come on. This is good stuff. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That, for the purpose of, because of, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, everybody say then. You will make your way prosperous. Anybody want to have their way prosperous? And you're worried about how to do, what to do to make your way prosperous? Anybody, worried, anybody thought about what you got to do? How about an investment? What job to take? What not to take? 
you know, some jobs may pay more, but it may be worse. If you want your way prosperous, quit worrying about what to do and start meditating. And in that meditation, you'll see what to do. We're going to find out some things about the word meditation if I hurry up. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I don't know how many times I've heard this verse and people are talking about doing the will of God, doing the will of God, doing the will of God. You know what I'm saying? If you just do the will of God, your way will be prosperous and you'll have good success. No, you won't. It says meditate first. Isn't that what the word says? They skip right over it. You can't do the will of God without meditating. That's how he speaks to you. That's how he guides you. That's how he directs you unless you have your own opinion already. You meditate to establish opinion. God's. One of the words, one of the definitions for the word meditate is to uh, form. You meditate on God's word. You let the Holy Spirit form an opinion about this situation. Anytime you have a decision to make that's an important decision, you better sleep on it. Anybody says this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and we, we close in five minutes, make up your mind. Say, thank you, I'll sleep on it. You don't understand. I'm going to close in five minutes. You, say, you don't understand. I'm going to sleep on it. If it's important enough for you, to, you better sleep on it. Because you will think differently in the morning. I don't know how many times I've called to cancel an order. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even past the three days. I'll come up with some reason, some excuse, call the attorney general. I've used all the lines, you know what I'm saying? That's not the way it was represented, honest. i just going to make a mistake. I don't know how many times I've listened to it. And I'm a salesman. But no, nothing worse than a salesman is hearing another salesman because we like that stuff. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh, he's good. I like that. Sign up right here. <laughs> and he knows. Yep, I've been had. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. So if you want good success and you, you want your way to be prosperous, just not in finances, but with people, if you want to have good relationships with people, quit acting the first time you hear something. Go home and think about it. Go home and meditate. Well, God, show me, according to your word, how you want me to respond. Refuse your own opinion. Do we have any opinionated people in here, Linda? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been waiting all day to do that. No. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. <laughs> but see, when you have your own opinion, you're not teachable. When you have your own opinion, your mind's already made up. When you have your own opinion with your mind made up, your imagination matches what's in your mind.
and you think about what you've already determined, you're not being creative with what you've already determined because you've already determined it. You, Meditate on God's Word. When something, something negative happens to you, matter of fact, there's some things that you can do. Very, there are some things you can really do. Uh, the Scripture says love your enemies. Someone does something to you, you're thinking about something in the past. I tell you what, you want to practice forgiveness? You want to work? You have trouble forgiving somebody? Write them a check. No. <laughs> that's wrong. Say, say, that's wrong. That's wrong right there. No, okay. Give them cash. That takes care of that. Okay. <laughs> that would be cruel. That's a good idea. <laughs> some, some church, you know, $10,000 check. Oh, hallelujah. Bounce. No. <laughs> that's Linda. You're rude. Charles. We're, we're going we're gonna to have a marriage seminar. <laughs> Couples retreat. The scripture says, love your enemies. Start doing things. Medi meditate on what the word says. What does the word say to do? Holy Spirit, help me through this hard time. My heart hurts so bad. Currently, Psalms 50, uh, 49. We talked about this last week. We read a whole lot of scriptures. If you want those scriptures, we can get them for you. We went through the Psalms, and we read all kinds of scriptures about meditation. Uh, 49. We're going to read this one again because we did not talk about it enough last week. Psalms 49, uh, verse 3 says this. Uh, I'm going to start with verse 1. Hear this. What's that mean? Listen up! <laughs> Oh, that's deep theological cemetery straight right there. That's good. Hear this, all peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding. If you surrender your meditation and your imagination to God and the Holy Ghost, you lay down at bed at night, and you begin to think, and imagine scenarios being according to the Word of God. God will direct your imagination and show you things you can do that no one else would have ever thought of. Where do you think inventions come from? People that have, people that invent things have a great imagination. I'll finish that statement. It is a proven fact that successful people the more successful a person, excuse me, if the longer you can hold a thought is the degree of success you can achieve. If you can hold a thought, most people can only hold a thought three to ten seconds without being interrupted. But if you can focus your imagination, your thoughts, and think on one thing and see it through. People that invent things, they have it all done in their mind. They, they actually, here's the end result. How do I accomplish it? And they backward engineer. Okay. Part, can we spell it or what? <laughs> 
they're amaz amaze. <laughs> they're amazing. <laughs> so they had the end result was a building full of cars. How do we fill it? See, uh, yep. An artist knows exactly what it's supposed to look like before they put the brush to the, you know. Uh, God knew exactly what the world needed because Jesus was slain. Did y'all hear that message before? Before? Before he built the foundation, it was already done, and he just planned it accordingly. Oh, sounds like physics. The way nature works. Oh, God. Sorry. Anyway. So if you want understanding, what do you need to do? Meditate. Now, not meditate on your predetermined opinion. See, if you don't like me, and you meditate on how much you don't like me, you're going to take me hunting with you, and I'm going to have arrows, and I'm going to be in your side... That's not meditating God's way. <laughs> That's meditating with a predetermined opinion. Meditate. The very word meditation means to form an opinion. To, to, to formulate an opinion. If you already have one, you're really not meditating. Okay. All right, let's go on. Philippians. Yes. Now, now say that again. You said that you had an opinion that this was the thing to do. That this was the thing to do. But so you had to overcome your opinion to, to meditate and in. Yes. Yeah. See, most people don't know who's... When you hear a voice, most people think it's God. You realize that? I heard a voice, and so you go do it. Do you realize the first voice that Jesus heard when he went and prayed for 40 days was the devil's? So why do you think when you pray and fast, the first voice you hear is God's? The scripture says, my sheep know my voice. Mm. All right, turn to Philippians chapter 4. We are making our way through our notes, by the way. Slowly but surely. 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, everybody say finally. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, uh-oh, truth, noble, whatever things are just. Does the word fair come in here? Nope. I hate the word fair. Take it out of your vocabulary. It's not fair. So God's not God's not fair. He's just. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, what's your Bible say? Meditate on these things. Some versions say think, right? Mm -hmm. The word think, the word meditate, remember there's several words in the Bible that mean to meditate. The word mind in several places means to meditate, ponder, consider. Here in the New Testament it says to meditate on things. Turn to 1 Timothy 4.15. I'm not going to talk so much on each one of these, hopefully. I think the word spells it out itself. Oh, that's 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy 4, 15. Starting with verse 12. This is awesome. Listen to this. I may have to talk about this one. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. See right there, I don't hear anywhere in there there's any loophole to go do things of the flesh. See, if he's hearing the word of God, he's being valued and he's receiving dignity and worth. Okay? Verse 13 says, Till I come, give attention to the reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Everybody say, gift that is in you. Which was given to you by uh, was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the elders. Does everybody know that's a very spiritual, deep thing? We understand that. Now let me read that again. Do not neglect the gift. How did Paul tell Timothy not to to neglect the gift of prophecy, which should not be a hard thing to neglect. But obviously there was an issue of neglecting the deep things of God called prophecy and the gift that was put in you. How do you not neglect it? <laughs> Meditate on these things. We need to think about the gifts, the lay. I need to. Re you need to remember when you were saved. You need to remember when God touched you, when someone laid their hands on you, and you felt the power of God come on you. You need to remember everything about anything that God ever did in your life. You need to meditate on it. You need to think about it. Remember what we said a couple weeks ago. You re you magnify God in what He did. You're going to see what He's doing. When you see what He's doing, you're going to see what He's determined. Most people are trying to see what God's determined, but they can't remember what He did. This verse is saying, meditate on what He did. Is that not what this is saying? Think about, meditate, ponder. 
Now, if we had the circles up on the wall, remember, thoughts, feelings, emotions. You think about it. Has anybody ever had the touch of God on your life? Have you ever felt the presence of God? Did it make you, do you remember how you felt? You should in your bed at night lay down and think about that and get to the point. Think about it long enough you feel the same way you did when, when it happened. You can do it. That is the power of meditation. You should be able to affect your emotions with your thoughts. You do anyway. I could do some things in here right now make y'all mad. And you're going home, think about it, and you're not going to come to church ever again. <laughs> That's what happens. You go home and you dwell on negative things, and you get all bent out of shape. Why don't we meditate on things of God and get bent in shape? Why don't we take control of our thoughts? Oh, and that's biblical, isn't it? Oh, gosh, I hate being... Take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. Control your imagination. Think on these things. This is powerful right here. I'm going to read it again. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy. Oh, we'll run to the prophet. And there's nothing wrong with running. I love running to a prophet. I've got, I've got one fellow. I mean, he sounds like God. Marty Gabriel. I'm going to say his name out loud. I tell you, if God had a voice on earth, it's Marty Gaber. Crystal, can you say amen? Joy, can you say amen? I mean, if God was going to speak a prophetic word, you want to. You, hey, listen. He would sing it over you. And it e even if it's off, it's going to sound good. Just, I'll come. Oh, he's got that. Whew. Hopefully, he'll be one day. Meditate on these things. What? What things? The things that were done to you, the gift that was imparted to you, the laying on of hands, the prophecy. Don't just throw them away meditate on them i'm gathering the words that's been spoken you know do you know there were prophetic words spoken over this property before this church was even here i talked to a person last week about that heard those words guess what we're meditating on them. we're thinking about them they don't go to this church no more yet <laughs> y'all didn't catch that Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. What does it mean, give yourself entirely? <coughs> Be vulnerable. Let your emotions get involved. Think about the passion of God. Think about what... Think about the first time you won someone to the Lord. And if you hadn't, think about the first time you will. You think about it long enough, guess what? You'll do it. Most of us are saying, what if it doesn't happen? What if it does? Oh, I love that. Think about it. Meditate. Give your, what's the scripture say? Give yourself entirely. Meditate. And in your meditation, give yourself to it entirely. Get involved with your thinking. Oh, man, I tell you what, I'm trying to help you out here. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine continue in them for in doing this, you, shall, you will save both yourselves and those who hear you. Through meditating on God's Word, meditating on what God's done in the past, and giving yourself entirely to it, you will save yourself. You'll make your way prosperous. How many people see that meditation is one of the gifts that has been void in the church? Come on, how much in the Word talks about meditation without even changing the Word? Wait till you read the scriptures we got on when the words change to something else like think or ponder or 
going to blow you away if we get to it. We might have to wait till next week. Here's some words the word meditate means that you could equally exchange. Attend. Practice. I like that. The word meditate literally means to practice. See yourself doing it over and over and over again. Anytime you're in any type of sales, I don't know if the, the cell insurance people do it, but I know in, in car sales and network, they always have you practice. They have you have a, you have to do your pitch in front of somebody so you get to know it. You know, I hate that because I, I hate pitches and notes and that kind of thing. But, but they make you practice your sales pitch so you can grow confident. That is meditating. That is meditating. When you stand up and practice preaching, you're meditating on the verses and the scriptures and, the, and what God's going to do. I sit, some, not in my office, but I, I'll sit in the truck, I'll sit someplace, I'll, I'll sit somewhere quiet, and I try to see God show me what's going to happen at the altar. I have no problem teaching the Word. I, I'm asking the Holy, Holy Ghost, show me altar ministry. What's going to happen at the altar? You want, is there salvation? Is there healing? What, what do you want to take place with the Word that's coming forth? That's where I need guidance and deliverance. And I mean, I'm not deliverance, but that's where I need input. And, and I need to see, I mean, help me, God, with the altar ministry. Y'all can be praying for me in that, okay? I mean, don't go, oh, God, help our pastor. He doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, oh, no, no, don't, don't do those kind of intercessors. Intercessors really can screw up a lot of good prayers, you know what I'm saying? A lot of gossip in intercession, too, anyway. Uh, let's go. Meditate, attend, practice, repeat. Repeat over and over again. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me. I don't care if you've heard this tape. Well, I listened to it last night. I don't want to listen to it. Put it in. Repeat it. Why do you think we go over chorus after chorus on the same song over and over and over? It may be going against your religious spirit, but that's okay. That's good. <laughs> we want to do that. <laughs> You'll get over it. But when you repeat, when you repeat the chorus, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I believe, and you see yourself believing that you're my healer. I, I believe that you're my healer. I believe that you're my healer. You're convincing yourself. You're seeing God as your healer. You're impacting your heart. I hope it brings you to tears. Don't hold it back. Get emotional, please, for your sake. Please get emotional. I wish we had a church full of black people. I've come to a lot that I like. Come on, why? Because that was emotional. There's nothing more boring than a bunch of white people. I'm white. You know what I'm saying? We're y'all realize we're boring. Oh. The church. Come on now. We do. <laughs> They're putting themselves into it. Let me tell you, when y'all go to church, we go to church. Yeah. When we go to church, we go to church. Oh, come on. That's good preaching right there. Pre I, I want to preach. No. So, I mean, you know, and that's not the, the all in all answer either, just being emotional. Okay. A lot of times we just carry away the emotion. But. It all works together when it's done on purpose. We need to be involved. Give yourself entirely. What do you think that means? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, 
imagination. The word mind is the word imagination. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and imagination. Are you only thinking about Him? Or are you thinking about other stuff? Remember, your heart is going to be affected by something. We need to determine what our heart is being affected by. <gasps> I'm on the last page. I'm doing good. How much time we got? None. None? Eight twenty-one. Eight twenty-one. That's not too bad. Turn with me, Mark, chapter six. While you're turning there, I'm gonna go ahead and read the rest of these. Uh, repeat, imagine, rehearse. The word rehearse can be where it says to to meditate. Uh, you can put the word rehearse, and that's prepare from the beginning to the end, or in in from the beginning. You you have the end result. You see where you want to be. Matter of fact, in your own spiritual life, in your own disciple, you know, in your own discipleship life, is anybody happy right now? I mean, does anybody understand that we need to be discipled no matter how far we are along in our Christian life? Does anybody have a one-year plan of discipleship in your life? Guess what? You don't, you're not going to be discipled because you don't have a plan to be. You need to have a plan... This is where I want to be. This is what I want to be experiencing in one year. Just like God, I, I want Jesus to be crucified, so I'm going to slay him now. Went back and planned it to make it come to, come to pass. This is where I want to be spiritually. I'm, we're making plans right now in the church. You know, the, everything we're doing, we're not doing for 30 to 70 people. If we were doing, listen, if we were doing churches to have 30 or 70, we'd go meet in the other building. You understand? What we're doing, everything we're doing is for the 200, the 300, and the 400 yet to, that aren't here yet. We see it. You don't want to see what I see. You'll think I'm crazy. You don't want to see what I see. You don't want to know why I've left churches in the past to get to where I'm at today because of what I see but anyway we're going to go there we're not doing out here for 20 or 30 we got a nice little building over here a lot more convenient better air conditioning all kinds of things kitchen we could eat about after sound system we're doing what we're doing here we're doing what we're doing here for you but we're also doing it for the hundred jet to be here okay so we're doing the same thing same principle here in your own personal life. That's where you want to be in the realm of disciple, where you want to be in your disciple, your own personal walk with God. What do I need to do to get there? One, it may be read the Bible. It may be start tithing or start giving beyond your tithe. You know, there's something called the principle of the portions. Throughout the Bible, God has always wanted a portion of what He's done. He wanted a portion of the days He created. He took the Sabbath. He wanted a portion of man's flesh. He took the foreskin. And throughout the Word, you have a principle of portion. He wanted the principle of the... That's why He took a, he took a tithe. That's His. It's called principle of portions. But when you operate within the principle of portions, all you get is that principle of percentages. If you want all of God, give all of yourself. God doesn't want 10% of you. 
go beyond the principal portions. That's old covenant. That mindset. Go beyond the tithe. The people in the New Testament, the New Covenant, they gave, in their poverty, they gave lavishly. Because God was in their heart. God gave them, give them giving grace. Because there was a need. If all you do is give God a portion, all you receive is a portion. Open your heart more than 10%, people. And I'm not just talking about money. But where your heart is, you're... Oh, wow. That's good preaching right there. Y'all may not like it, but... Anyway, ponder, frame up, mutter. You ever, you ever hear anybody just go... Num, 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 just muttering, just, just walking around, mumbling stuff. You know why they're mumbling? Because they're thinking about something. And what they're thinking about is causing them to... Out of the abundance of their heart, their mouth speaks. You should be meditating on the things of God, what are pure, righteous, just, holy, to the point you walk around muttering the glory of God. Ooh. All right, who's got Mark 6.52? Did y'all turn there? Mark chapter 6. Someone read it real quick for the sake of time. Hurry, hurry, hurry. They had not understood now, that doesn't make any sense, does it? You said, what in the world? How does, how does that? I'm, we may have to stop on this verse because the rest of this is too good to just run by. We'll pick this up next week. Uh, Mark 6, uh, 6.52 is the story of where Jesus calms the water, okay? Uh, if you look down in here, Jesus walks on the sea. Uh, it says in verse 45, Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and before him and the other side. And uh, but it goes on and go, goes on and... Um, verse 49 and when they saw him walking on the sea they supposed it was a ghost and uh, cried out for they all saw him and were troubled but immediately he walked with them and said to them be of good cheer it is I do not be afraid uh, then he went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled for they had not and the new king james says understood what does the old king james say someone else have another word besides understood consider oh gained insight another version has consider so when you take the words gain insight consider understood let me just read it this way for they had not considered the loaves because their heart was hardened stop and look at this for a second this is so powerful Jesus there's a storm on the water they're in a boat they're again afraid they're going to die they see a ghost oops it's Jesus he tells them not to be afraid and the reason that they were afraid it says because their heart was hardened why was their heart where was the problem? In their head or their heart? It was in their heart. Their heart was hardened. Why was their heart hardened? Because they hadn't considered Jesus? No. Because they hadn't considered the storm and Jesus could calm it? No. It says right here, did you ever notice that? It says their heart was hardened. Why? For they had not considered the loaves. Where does that come out of? 
How would the story of the loaves and fishes help them in the boat in the water? They had not considered. They hadn't looked back at what God had done through Jesus and what Jesus had done in the past, and they hadn't pondered on that. They hadn't considered the last miracle of God to apply it in their life and the present miracle of God. We need to be considering. We need to be... I'm going to start to preach. We need to consider, we need to remember, we need to imagine. We, when God does something supernatural, we need to consider it and ponder on it. Okay, now, oh, this is going to affect my life in the next time I come through a storm, in the next time of need. Oh, Jesus was the reason Jesus met our need then. Oh, Jesus will meet our need now. They hadn't, considered, they hadn't considered how to apply what God had done to what was going to happen. We don't consider. We don't meditate on the things of God. How many people have ever been part of a move of the Holy Spirit? I have. You need to consider that. You need to imagine it. Bring it back up. Get emotional over it. Get excited about it. Why? Because God's no respecter of a person. I believe we can have whatever we want in our heart to have. If we magnify the Holy Spirit in this place, we're going to have Him. If we magnify signs, wonders, and miracles, because we understand signs, wonders, and miracles, how God expresses His love to people that don't, can't feel His love. We shouldn't need signs, wonders, and miracles. Why? Because we know how much He loves us. I don't want the gift of healing in my life. I want the gift of health. I don't have to be healed. Most people don't see this. Jesus walks through the storm as a ghost. And the reason their heart was hardened because they didn't consider something else that had happened in the past. So they didn't meditate on the miracles. Their hearts were hardened. By the circumstances. The reason It doesn't say who hardened the hearts. I'm assuming they hardened their own hearts. They hardened their own hearts. They didn't see, we are, your heart is going, remember what we talked about, your heart, when we first started the class, your heart is going to be affected by something. It's going to go its own course by letting the world affect, circumstances affect it. We need to affect our heart with the word of God. It's up to us to do it. We need to consider those things that have happened in the past. We need to magnify them. We don't need to limit God to the past. You understand? Don't limit God to that, but let that. In the old covenant, you know what they used to do? They built altars. They piled up rocks. Every time they saw those rocks, they go, uh-huh. Yeah. God did it right here. We need to magnify what God's done in our life. We need to... See, the loaves had nothing to do with boats and storms and ghosts. Loaves and fishes, did it? Yeah, it did. It's not about what was done. It's about who was doing it. 